From the third chapter of Malachi comes this word from the prophet. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in former years. And from the Gospel of Luke, in the third chapter, Luke is careful to place Jesus and John the Baptist in the proper context in history. Uh, answered, it might be God. He's placing them in the proper context in history so that we know that they were real and living beings in our time and in our day. And he says this, in the 15th year of the reign of Emperor Tiberius, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was ruler of Galilee and his brother Philip, ruler of the region of Iteria, that was wrong, and Trachonotis and Licentius, ruler of Abilene, see, he was clear over in Texas, during the high priesthood of Ananias and Caiaphas, Here's the important part. The word of God came to the son of John, the son of came to John, the son of Zechariah in the wilderness. He went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, the voice crying out in the wilderness 
Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight his path. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I read a sermon recently that has challenged my thinking about Christmas. Christmas, it said, is full of clutter. Do you ever think about that? Christmas and clutter. When we celebrate Christmas, we go into our attics past all the previous year's clutter, kicking boxes out of the way and moving stuff aside to get to the trees and the ornaments and the wreaths and the lights. And the, and the, and the, and the. And we bring them down into our house and we move aside the clutter that's already there to make room for a different kind of clutter. He says in this sermon, and I'm not sure he's wrong. Christmas is about clutter, he says. We clutter our spaces with stuff. We clutter our schedules packed full. Who in this month has more than two Christmas parties to attend? Raise your hand. Oh, y'all are lying. Some of y'all got two in your own families. Come on. Schedules get full now. With stuff. You're shopping. You're buying presents. You're going to see people you haven't seen in a while. You're running to... When I was in St. Clair's, we had a woman who refused to... She had five children when they were growing up, but they were all adults at this point. She refused to buy a turkey that was less than 50 pounds. And I said, why don't you buy two 25-pound turkeys? Nope, got to be a big turkey. She would drive all the way from St. Clairsville to somewhere in Zanesville to buy a turkey. You got to put that in your schedule. All of you have some kind of funny ritual like that that you do. Our schedules are cluttered. Our houses are cluttered. Our spaces are cluttered. Our waistlines are cluttered. Right? No? Ed Gusky, now you're lying. (laughs) Right? I mean, we eat a lot. We make room for stuff. Where there's already stuff. 
It's a cluttered time. But thinking about John the Baptist in this sermon that I wrote, this guy says, what if we realize that Christmas is a time of clutter, but that we took Advent seriously and used it to, to prepare by uncluttering? And when he's talking about uncluttering, he's not talking so much about our places and our schedules and our waistlines, but he's talking about our hearts, our souls, what is really important to us. And he's taking the message of John the Baptist, whose main point of reference always was repent. Repent. And reminding us that to repent is to change our ways, to let our cluttered selves change for the better, to prepare our hearts to receive Jesus anew when he comes at Christmas and to receive Jesus anew when he comes again for the second time. What if this uncluttering we did meant that the darkness in our soul that we've held, the bitterness, the resentment, the anger that we've held for wrong done so long ago, we could finally let go of. What if uncluttering ourselves looked like giving up the anxiety and the worry and the fear we have that our paychecks are going to go away? that we might not be able to have all the things we want. What if uncluttering ourselves meant that we actually went to those with whom we want a relationship but haven't been able to have one, said, I'm sorry? tried to reconcile and live aright again? You know, I hate preaching at Advent because I stand up here and I say, prepare, 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 prepare to a society that doesn't want to wait for nothing. And I always feel like I'm talking to the wall. When it occurred to me that perhaps we're giving the wrong message. It's not just about prepare for the coming of Christmas because Jesus is glorious and wonderful, but all that is true, of course. 
but it's about prepare ourselves by letting go of our past haunts, our past clutters, and opening ourselves up to receive all the goodness that Jesus has to offer us. There's a very famous interview with Nelson Mandela right after he was getting out of prison. He was talking about the need to forgive the guards that had watched over him and the system that had so oppressed him that he ended up in prison, essentially, for being black. He was saying, but I must forgive them. If I don't, I'm as inhuman as they accused me of being. And I will become even more inhuman. Holding grudges, being angry, holding fear in a primary place in our lives, all of that stuff is part of our humanness, our brokenness, our finitude. But in Advent, as we get ready to receive Jesus once again, we are invited by the words and example of John the Baptist to let it go. Let it go. Make room in your space for an Advent wreath. Make room in your calendar for some time for worship. Make room in your waistline for some constraint. And Beth Ann Dig, yes, I just said, Jesus wants you to eat your vegetables came out of my mouth to all of you. Make room in your hearts for the love and the goodness and the grace that Jesus offers. That's why he came. That's why we're so excited he will soon be here. Thanks be to God. Amen.